Hello, and welcome to episode 7 of the VR Side Chats podcast. So you may have been wondering why there hasn't been a new episode for a little while, and the reason for that is that I've moved to Southeast Asia for a bit, so things have been quite hectic of late. But now the dust has settled, I'm back with a brand spanking new episode with the very lovely director of U-Turn, Natalie Matty. Hi, thank you for inviting me. So, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into VR? Uh, Yes, my background uh, is in film and uh, visual effects and animation, and I had been working uh, in London, in Vancouver, in Paris for 12 years in this field, um, and I was feeling, um, looking more and more uh, at interactive art and, and other kind of stuff that I was interested in. And then I took a trip to San Francisco in the summer of 2013, five years ago. And I went to the first VR meetup and I got hooked. <laughs> and uh, I quit my job in London and I moved here and that's how I got started. Um, I already saw the possibility of interactive storytelling and also like inventing something new uh, and and experimenting. And I think I was really looking for that. Yeah. Well, you really did get hooked if you just quit your job yeah. <laughs> straight away. <laughs> So, so like, how, where, where did you get started? Because obviously it's, you know, quite a new industry at the time. So how did you kind of get your foot in the door? Um, so I met with a company, Condition One, uh, that has been created by Dan Fung Denis, who is a photographer and filmmaker. And uh, something as me, you know, when he saw this opportunity, there was no cameras out there, no, you know, nothing really existing. And he decided to start his own kind of tech and camera company to be able to shoot his own movies in VR. So I I worked with them um, to create the first documentary that they did um, for the DK1 at the time and 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 we were both shooting and improving the camera and and stitching and trying to make it work um so it was yeah it was kind of fun like they they were just looking for someone to help and and i i happened to you know to be there and that's how it started and um then i i got more experience when um i got a full-time job with jaunt so this was like um in June 2014, and and I stayed there for 18 months, and and I worked on more than 30 uh, stereo video projects. So this was a big, uh, you know, learning curve, um, both in terms of the tools were changing all the time, um, and the projects were you know turn around very fast, and. We, I got the chance to work on all kinds of different projects like sport, concert, music, documentaries, fiction. Um, you know, they were trying kind of everything and, and, and trying to see what sticks. So that was a great learning opportunity. Um, and then two years ago, I decided to go independent and and mm-hmm. and really create my own content as well as work as a you know freelance on those people project uh which i still do and i also consult and i also teach so Mm -hmm. that's but definitely having two years to work on those people project was was really great Uh, i Mm -hmm. saw what works and what didn't work as well (laughs) yeah yeah 
So what was your what was your role on those projects then, or did it vary from project to project? Yes. So with with my background in post production, uh, that's mm. that's what I was doing mostly. Um, Sometimes I was on the shoot, sometimes not, but most of the time I was doing all the, you know, the stitching, the cleaning, the uh, stabilization, the um, sometimes the editing, um, anything post-production that needed to happen mm-hmm. to make it look good and rotoscoping and everything. And, and supervising the team when there was a team of multiple people, yeah. So, so when you um, went independent, did you, was you like as well as working on your own personal projects? Was you doing any like client work or anything like that? Or uh, yes. So basically, I decided to go independent to create my own film to direct, create and direct my mm-hmm. own film U-turn. That was like the main mm-hmm. purpose. Um, after two years of working on those people project, I really had a very specific idea of you know. Uh, what I wanted to do. And um, in between, yeah, I was still working on other people's films. Sometimes it was advising on a new camera that they were designing, like the Space VR folks, that they were sending this camera into space. Mm-hmm. So I was testing the quality of the images with that the camera was uh, with the camera they were testing. Sometimes it was, you know, working on branding content and commercials, but I did that I didn't go out to find my own clients. I worked with studios that mm-hmm. I knew, you know, in the San Francisco Bay Area who are yeah. working with clients. So, um, so yeah, I was like this post-production lead most of the time on, on some of those projects. Um, and I also worked on a really interesting project with Google where they were trying to push the possibilities of the of their stereo camera to do some... Uh, compositing with uh, CG environments and this project hasn't come out yet so very very different type of projects from from branding to more experimental I also consult with like independent filmmakers who are getting into the field and um, yeah so you literally got like experience in almost every part. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's mostly through 60 film. I haven't done interactive, uh, you know, uh, programming. Um, and that's my next step. Like I really want to move on into my, what was always my first interest into getting into VR um, was to do interactive storytelling. And so now I feel like with my first project, I did some of that, uh, there was the possibility to follow the story from two different points of view, either as a male or a female. Uh, U-turn is a 10-minute piece, but there is actually like 20 minutes of content. So depending on um, which side you f- choose to follow, you know, you are going to miss the other part of the story, but that's part of the design. And um, and you follow the story of a young woman working in a tech startup, and uh, I wanted to create awareness on gender discrimination. Um, and having worked in tech and media all my life, and 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 having met like a lot of other women, this was all before the Me Too movement um, two years ago. Uh, you know, I had decided, oh, this is important to give women a voice in this new media, and and using VR to reach um, mostly a male audience was the perfect medium. Um, so I made it interactive with the limited interactivity that 360 video gives you, which is mostly being able to turn around. Uh, so we, we used um, 
directional sound and I worked with like fantastic sound designers, um, Sean Farley and Kevin Boland, who helped make the experience work because depending on where you turn, then you can hear what's going on on each, each side of the story. Um, so that's, um, I don't remember your question, but <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's kind of the next step for me after this first one to go into a more uh, fully interactive using space and using different objects to tell a story. Um, but, but yeah, I, I try to balance, you know, working and making a living on those people project and, and, and producing my own. Um, I've learned a lot on, on this one going kind of independent creator and also, you know, being not American, I had to learn like all the funding, um, kind of, yeah. Uh, how do you get money for your films? And in VR, it's even more new. So no one really knew <laughs> how to do that. So now it's a bit more, people have heard about VR, but two years ago, it was like, what? <laughs> um, so it was very difficult, very difficult to convince people um, to fund um, my first project. I'm hoping for the second one. Now I have more experience and I know better how to sell, you know, <laughs> to sell it. Or I know better, like, which funds to, to go after and, and all those kinds. So it's uh, it's been a learning curve, not, not just for, like, the creative and technical part, which... Um, I enjoy and I feel kind of easy for me anyway, given my background, but the, the financial and production part is more challenging. You have to be really creative on how do you get funding? How do you distribute the piece to reach um, your audience? Um, so it's like every area of the production you know, process is new in VR. So, so what, what uh, camera did you use to shoot U-Turn on? Um, so I worked with a DP, uh, Justin Chin, who had some experience with VR before, and we uh, experimented and we designed a camera rig um, that was specific to our needs uh, because we, I really wanted to shoot in first-person POV so that when you look down, you have a, you know, a, a live body, and that is... Uh, not cut in multiple parts, which I mean by that is that a lot of the POV cameras that I had seen out there, they do a really bad job at stitching, uh, you know, to be able to stitch the arms and the body and having it look natural. Um, so we, we, we did a lot of testing to, first of all, put the camera in the right place, like at the high level of, of eyes level of the of the actor and not above the head, like most of the sports, you know, POV cam uh, shots. Um, and also, so we we ended up choosing a, a trial mount from Freedom So 60, which is a very compact mount with three cameras. It's like 120 angle between each one. It's like a triangle. And on each side, you have a camera. And those are GoPros, and we modified the lenses to be 250 Antania lenses, so we could cover the entire body of the actor without having to stitch it. That was like the main requirement. And we used two of them. We removed the one that was facing the, the face of the actor to, to get it even closer to, to his or her face. And we had the two other cameras covering almost the full 360, except the face. 
Um, so it gave us a lot of overlap and a lot of possibilities. We just had to stitch two cameras, which, uh, and, and this was monoscopic. I didn't want to go stereo. I didn't have a budget for that. Stereo is much more complicated. Um, and what about the audio? Did you did you mic each of the actors up then? Or? So for the audio, yeah, we uh, we mic uh, each of the main actors, and we had a boom mic to record ambient sound and, and the room. And then uh, most of the sound work was done in post production, like recreating. Oh, that's the voice of the main character come out of my head, you know, compared to when uh, someone is on the phone with me. And so positioning all those sounds correctly and making them sound natural was really important. Uh, uh, Sean even added like some sound for the closing, for the breathing that is very, you know, um, discreet like it's you know you don't notice it but it's part of making it feel real that you know you are this person um so yeah everything was recreated uh of course um you know the sound um designer asked us to record as much as we could of like natural sound and and keyboard sound and everything but the shoot was two days and 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 we work like 12 hours every day so often time on the shoot then it's complicated to do a lot of extra uh, to record a lot of extra stuff so we didn't we ended up not recording everything that he had asked for and but he did a great job from using libraries of sound and and all you know his own stuff to 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 recreate this whole ambience like being in new york when we recorded it in silicon valley and <laughs> you know hotel room in new york um, so th- this kind of stuff yeah had the actors actually worked on a vr project before yeah, so that's an interesting question. So um, the core creative team, there was me, there was uh, Justin who became the co-creator. We did a lot of brainstorming together. And then we had another person who came on board um, as a writer. And then also uh, she directed the actors, Ryan Lynch. And she didn't have any experience with VR. So, But because we had shaped... And, and, and designed and come up with this design of two stories happening at the same time and splitting the screen in two, we had already a lot of constraints and we told her exactly what we needed for the, the two stories and and and, um, and how they were linked together, how the, you know, um, they were synchronized. So we, we gave her like a lot of constraints to write um, the stories and in a sense, um, you know, she didn't have any experience with VR, but we knew what we were doing. And this was the same thing for the crew. So we were the only two people having any experience with VR. The rest of the crew, they were regular uh, grip, lighting, you know, um, actors, makeup, all of that. They, They were just regular folks. And we showed them to the actors, specifically to the main actors, we gave them some headsets at the beginning and we got them to watch some 360 videos so that they would have some idea of, you know, what they were doing and why. Um, but even so, when when they saw the finished movie at the premiere, um, most of them, they had no idea that this would be the result at the end. So they were really um, surprised in a good way. <laughs> So because even if you show people and you explain, you know, um, yeah, it's very hard to like I had a very clear idea of what I wanted. And I think, you know, um, that was the most important because then you can, you know, direct and 
and tell other people what, what you need. So, so what um, other projects do you have coming up then? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm developing two new projects, um, personal projects, and um, one is more advanced, and it's uh, it's taking um, it's taking the viewer on a trip one thousand years back in time to the south of Spain, Andalusia, at the time where it was an Islamic kingdom. <laughs> and many people don't know this part of history where Spain was Islamic for 700 years. And that's where, you know, they built the Alhambra and all kind of amazing architecture and civilization. And uh, and this is going to focus, this is going to be fully interactive VR experience uh, where you can, you know, revisit some of those places, but mostly it's going to focus on one's woman's life that lived at the time. Um, and this was a really famous poetess and also a princess. A princess. Um, so she had a lot of power, in a sense, to to be free in this society, and she used it. Um, and 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 she had an extraordinary life. She lived through many civil wars and destructions and and um, complicated love stories. So I think it's a very fascinating story to discover. And and using um, you know the the amazing architecture and art uh, from from this period of time. So that's that's my next project. Um, and another one is uh, going to use some AI to uh, discover some uh, alien creature and how to communicate with them without words, only through gesture. And uh, this is an exploration of what does it mean to belong or, or not. Uh, and um, and there would be some surprise at the end of who those creatures are. So um, those are the two projects I'm working on. And, and then... Uh, I have another project coming up with uh, for a non-profit that I cannot, I'm not sure yet it's going to turn out. So I'm still waiting to hear more, but it's a really interesting project. So. Well, even so, the two other projects sound like a lot of fun to work on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always try to push the, you know, my personal limits and, and, and trying to push the limits of the medium as well and, and experiment and and try something new. Um, I don't really like redoing what I've already done before. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. That's awesome. I'm looking for, I look forward to them then. So uh, what's your favorite piece of content that's out at the moment, excluding your own? Yeah, so it's not something new. Uh, it came out almost two years ago already, but it's still the piece of content that was the most impressive to me uh and and this is notes on blindness you know the oh yeah yeah, yeah. um so this yeah. experience where you it's like extremely clever and and magic the way they have done it uh to discover what it means for someone to become blind and how the worlds become made with sound instead of instead of being made of you know visuals um, that are permanent, like with sound, suddenly the, the, the world becomes, you know, um, non-permanent, like it's just based on what you hear, then this object is there. And then when the sound is gone, the, the object disappears. So 
uh, and with the personal story and voiceover, I think it made it like really powerful. Um, so I, I really, yeah, this this experience was was really like, um, um, how could I say, like two years ago, it was like really a, a break, you know, um, something very original and innovative. Uh, so it's one of my favorite, yeah. And, and and making use of like the limitation of the medium also in a very creative way that's um, you know the technology is changing and improving all the time but I really encourage other creators to to use what is there right now you know don't worry too much about what's coming up in six months but um, it's like there is already a lot that can be done with the existing technology yeah yeah Absolutely. So where can people find you online? Um, so I have my own website. It's www.nataliemate.com. Uh, Natalie is with an H and Mate also. <laughs> um, so it's N-A-T-H-A-L-I-E-M-A-T-H-E.com. Um, people can also find a Facebook page for U-Turn. Um, and, and the Twitter is U-Turn VR, U-T-U-R-N-V-R. Uh, and please, you know, like our page. We need more support. Um, and uh, the experience is online also. U-Turn can be seen on the Samsung VR app. So it's either for a Gear VR headset or an Oculus Go headset. Um, so don't, don't go into the Oculus video. Uh, player, you need to uh, install or open the Samsung VR player because of the sound format that we are using. It, it kind of limited a little bit the distribution that we could have on the different platforms. Uh, but if you type U-Turn, uh, you can find it in Samsung VR. Or if you go into the Fivars channel, F-I-V-R, V-A-R-S, the, uh, of the FIVARS conference last year. We were nominated for best, ex- um, pe- best experience. So we are part of their featured channel. I think it's like the third channel when you go down the list. Um, so yeah, that's mostly how people can find me online. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'll put all links to, uh, to all that in the podcast notes. But, um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to come and chat. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks again to Natalie for coming on the podcast. Make sure you go check out the links mentioned to keep up to date with what she's up to. If you're an independent creator and would like to come on the show to chat about your projects, I'd love to hear from you. Just drop me an email at vrsidechats at gmail.com and then I'll just get back to you as soon as possible. Don't forget, you can also listen to all the episodes so far at vrsidechats.com and on the off chance you might be interested in following my Asian adventures, then feel free to give me a follow on Instagram at at Daniel K. Hatton, that's H-A-T-T-O-N. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and I shall see you all next week. <laughs>